0: Cozy, the cozy game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My
1: name is Corey.
0: And we are coming back at you again with... woo. Spoopy, spoopy cozy. Spoopy, spoopy, you might call Arcade it. Arcade spoopy? Arcade spoop, ar, ar spoopy. Spoopy.
1: Kapoopy. Mm, I don't know if that uh, one works.
0: Our <laughs> spoopy a, a p- p- poopy is uh, where we are today. It is, um, when you're hearing this, uh, probably Halloween. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're not listening to it later. And in that case, it's not Halloween anymore. Um, but I hope you enjoy going back in time, because right now it is. going to be nice. Yeah. Um, Who said yeah. time travel wasn't possible? Uh, I know. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, just as an aside, um, it. It's always like a, I mean, people who are like international listeners, people who travel often, um, this is not a surprising thing to you, um, but I was listening to my cousin the other day talk about that. She's a, she's a professor at Arizona State University. Shout out. Fun. Shout out, Ann. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She was, she's going to be going on a trip to uh, Tasmania. Um well, here soon and she was like yeah it's a it's a weird thing because i'm gonna fly out and effectively uh just appear there like two days later and then i'm going to whenever i fly back i'm going to land uh like a few hours before i left and (laughs) it's this weird like time travel scenario where it's like yeah, that that's gotta be like really unsettling to to some extent, but also maybe kind of cool. Who knows?
2: Weird. Uh huh.
0: But never been through it myself. I don't know. No. Um. Mm-mm. But I did fly to. I mean, you've you've been you've been to France, Corey. Mm-hmm. Um. When I'm I, going I went to, to England France. next week. What?
1: Corey, yeah. why? We've been over this. Why? We're going, going, going to soccer matches.
0: Oh. The footy. Oh, Corey. Well, good, good, good for you, Corey. We've been so, over this. I told you this like three know, times now. I know. I just don't remember things. I don't, I don't, it, I don't input them into long-term memory. It's just that it, it sits there. It slips through. Um, well, I hope, it, I hope that's fun for you, Corey. Um, yeah. I hope you have a lot of fun. Um, Going
1: to four matches well, in five days.
0: Well, Corey, goodness,
1: it's be brutal, but it's gonna be so fun.
0: Well, yeah, it sounds spoopy, if you will.
2: Ooh.
0: <laughs> bring bringing us back. Good segue, Corey. Um, it is Halloween time, which means it is uh, spoopy time. We haven't talked a ton, a ton about like spoopy things, just because. It's this time of year. There's a lot of uh you know, Spider Man came out.
2: Um so stuff
0: many, stuff came so out. So many games. It's not like we were just sitting here able to devote all that time to spoopy stuff, but we have some spoopy stuff today. Um yeah, we do. yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Not a whole lot of news. Corey, um, I mean there's a little bit of stuff. Bungie's laying off some people. Uh womp womp. Um Man, I mean not to brutal. not to like uh dis like I don't know, what's the word? uh not to make light yeah not to make light of it but it's um you know they uh, that's that's not fun that's got to no. that's got to be be not not great plus it's also after PlayStation acquired them so um you know it's mm-hmm. they're not a they're not an independent studio anymore who who knows how much of that came from PlayStation or how much came from uh, Bungie itself, who knows? I don't, I don't know anything about business stuff, but, you know, regardless, uh, Destiny folks, I'm sure you're feeling it because uh, the big, the long awaited, the final shape, which is um,
1: the final Chapter of y- Destiny. 2?
0: Yeah, I, w- I was leaning more toward like it's not a great name for anything. Oh, but, it's an um, awful name. <laughs> but it's sorry. Um yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, the final shape um being delayed number of months, supposed to come out in February. Now it's coming out in June. So um yeah. Uh doesn't affect me too much. I haven't played Destiny in a while, but people who do regularly, that's gotta not be fun. So,
1: yeah, that blows.
0: Um so, yeah. Other than that, though, Corey, not a ton of ton of news. So we can dive no. in. To what we've been playing. And the, the question on everybody's lips, Corey, um, ever since we spoke last week, how is Costume Quest?
1: Costume Quest is really good. <laughs> Haven't played too much more of it um, since we last talked last week. Mm-hmm. Um I guess, to spoilers, I guess, for the back end. Um, I have finished Spider-Man 2, um, which has been kind of what I've been focusing on. Um, I've wrapped that up like an hour ago. Um, so I have lots of thoughts on that, but that's at the end. The costume quest is still a delight. It's still charming. I would say that's the big, like one of my like, favorite things I can say about it is it has a very like charming atmosphere and feel. Yep, feels like Halloween. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't give, it has a spoopy, like, ambiance, but, like, the tone of the whole story is very lighthearted and fun and just whimsical. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I don't know if I will finish. It's very short, though, so that's also one thing where I'm like, in my mind. I'm like, I'm really, like, a fourth of the way done, like, in by all accounts. What's um, the most
0: uh, recent costume you've gotten?
1: I don't remember. <gasps> this was, because I the last time I played was like the day after um, we recorded. So that was like a week ago now. Did you um, get
0: the, do you have the Statue of I Liberty?
1: Only have, I only have three costumes, so it's whatever yeah. came after the night.
0: So you have the robot, the knight, the Statue of Liberty. Do you have the Space Warrior? Statue of.
1: No, the statue livery sounds familiar. So I think I just like yeah, I just got it
2: and like saved, and I was like, okay.
0: Do you have the Do you have the unicorn? No. Oh gosh, Corey! Oh gosh, Corey! I'm sorry. <laughs> do you Friday have the Do you have the Ninja Mario Wonder? Oh. uh. Corey. Alan Wake. Corey. I don't want to hear it. Um, I need you to play it. And then after that, you know what I need? I need you to play Costume Quest 2. Um. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay because it okay. comes with, it comes with more costumes that you need to see. Okay. Um, like a wizard okay. and a superhero Ooh. and a candy corn. Um, you could have just
1: left it at the wizard. I was sold at that point.
0: Yeah. But I, I tried to, tried to drive it on home. Um. Fair, fair. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely, I'm. I've definitely been in the place before where if you don't, if you don't play costume quest before Halloween it's going to lose its steam. So definitely tomorrow
1: is Halloween. I know. So that's That's, that's kind of where I'm like, here we are.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You got to play it tonight or wait, wait until next year. Well, you gotta, (laughs) you gotta play it tomorrow, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to play it tomorrow. I am going to play it tomorrow. I've wrapped, I've wrapped Iron Man 2. Okay. So I have all, I am free.
0: Well, since that's all you want to talk about, Corey, how how was Spider-Man 2? I, I
1: said we were talking about in the back <laughs> half.
0: We, 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 we have
1: spoopy stuff to speak we, on.
0: Okay. I've okay. been playing
1: Alan Wake. You've okay. been playing Alan okay. Wake 2. Okay. Well, th- don't
0: give it away, Corey. Um I'm sorry. You're pressuring me right now. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. stressed. Okay. So... Now, so now we'll enter into the Alan Wake segment of our episode. Yes. Is that okay with you, Corey? Yes. That, that um, is what I. Yes. Okay. So yeah, where's my flashlight? <laughs> you've you've you started playing Alan Wake. Um mm-hmm. I I actually recently had played through Alan Wake. You can listen to yes, us have, yeah. talk about that uh, not too Surely. long ago, it was um, like ten
1: episodes ago. Ten.
0: Yeah, it hasn't been that long. It's been it was maybe back in August Mm ish so july maybe a little further i don't know um but yeah Corey how are you feeling about uh alan wake you have Uh, perspective having played uh having played control you know how is it how is it in comparison and um just also 13 years later
1: I, you know i haven't given the control connection a ton of thought even though i probably should have um it's so alan wake we've talked about before but i guess for anyone who's coming in now uh is a game came out yeah 13 years ago you play as alan wake who is an author who effectively writes is a like the Max Payne novels, he, um, but they can't. They don't have the license for it. But it's effectively Max Payne is like the impression I have.
0: That is the so like the inside baseball with everything is that Remedy, the company, the the developer that developed Alan Wake, Control, um, they developed the first two Max Payne games, um, and later um, Max Payne three, which also exists, was developed by it was at least published by rockstar i don't know if rockstar developed it um but it wasn't remedy and so like yeah um alan wakes he writes a he's a best-selling author of a series with a protagonist named alex casey but yeah it is a it's a stand-in for max Payne. that's what it's supposed to supposed to be so
1: and the game opens up in this weird nightmare dream sequence where it just teaches you how to play the game um very spoopy vibes out the gate yep um and then it uh, transitions to the real world where alan and his wife are on a kind of sabbatical vacation in this town called bright falls um things go wacky uh, bad things happen alan wakes up like effectively a week later after this like nightmare scenario with him and his wife with his wife missing him in a car crash and it's you trying to kind of figure things out from there that's the premise yep um very spoopy i will say it definitely like you are i feel unequipped ill-prepared and um like alan very confused yeah, um, which I think is Remedy's idea for you. It's like, this is, this man is not a soldier. That you aren't Joel in The Last of Us right now. And you're not walking around. You don't have like 20 years of apocalyptic experience in a horror setting. Um, you are effectively a writer, maybe not the best writer either. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you are Hell. given a flash flashlight and a um, revolver of all things, which are wildly inaccurate too. Mm-hmm. But for for the show of it. Um And, yeah, it's, hey, you've woken up. That gas station over there, it has light. You should probably get there. And uh, as you work your way through the woods, as the spoopy setting would dictate, um, you are followed, accosted, um, watched, stalked um, by this man that you were supposed to meet in the city who was supposed to give you keys to his cabin without getting into some spoilery aspects of it. Um, you didn't. So he's there, and he's an axe murderer now. Um, shocker. Um, and so it's kind of the game has now like it's really teaching you what to do. My thoughts on all of this is I think the mechanics of it of you finding these missing pages uh, throughout the world. Um, Because as you roam around, kind of explore a bit, you'll find missing pages that give you a little context to the story that is in Alan Alan Wake's writing Uh style. And it's written by him. And it's kind of, depending on which page you pick up, it can be very far down the line or it can be the next page in this chapter is telling you what's going to happen. And I find that oddly compelling I find like I pick up a page I'm like, okay, what's it gonna be? it's a it I think builds a little bit more of the horror aspect, finding pages way down the line, whereas and you see him coming forward to you with the blood dripping from the axe, falling down from like this thing and you're like okay well that's gonna happen and i don't like knowing that or there's a simple page of alex picks this up or alex i keep (laughs) getting alex casey and alan wake which also might be kind of the point um alan picks up the page and he is committed to finding his wife you know this is a nightmare but i am awake things like that and you're just like oh okay whatever alan let's keep rolling um I think it's a very neat mechanic that they have going there as the game kind of tells you what's going to happen, but also you never know what you're picking up, really. Is this like a nonsense page or is this actually Uh giving me information to work with, too? I'm like, okay, the page does set a scene. I know if I see that scene relatively what is going to happen. It has a lot of things going on. It feels like... We'll get into Alan Wake, too, because based on the reviews and some videos I've watched, I'm excited to hear you talk about it. It feels like they really capture the idea of what they're going for in Alan Wake Uh 1 because you'll come across a TV, you'll turn it on, and it's Alan. He's walking into a study at this initial house that you checked into, and it's him beginning to type, and he's like, what is going on? And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, Which, again, this is the whole purpose of the game. Um, it's, it's kind of this mesmerizing, like him narrating, finding these pages. And it's like a culmination of like one big story being told out of order. A lot of times it feels like, um, and so I think from a narrative perspective, it is extremely compelling for me to play, um, I've done all of chapter one so far, so I'm not super far into the game. Maybe an hour, hour and a half at most. Uh-huh. Um, I do think, from a mechanical standpoint, the game does show its age. We talked about it before um, when you were playing it, but the flashlight—the only way to take down enemies is to shine your flashlight on them. That's the only time you can damage them. Um, you can do like this burst where you like charge your flashlight. And it drains a lot of its battery quickly, but it will set them up to be able to you can do more damage, or it might explode them if they've yep. taken enough damage already. Yeah. And I, and that compared with the flare gun, which is effectively just like a grenade of light, um, I find the me- the the mechanic of balancing like your battery charge, your ammo, which you burn through a lot of mm. very quickly, and I, there was a moment where I ran out and there were still two enemies left and I'm like, I'm out of battery. They they close you down very quickly too. Yeah. The enemies do. That I had effectively had to run and I found a lamp light, which I think the game kinda intended for. Kind of to show, okay, you're not gonna be able to take down every enemy. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like pick and choose some battles. You get under the light and they they disappeared. Um I think that mechanic is done very smartly i don't know if it's done super well um i think the aim is a little odd enemies close you down very quickly i'm playing on easy and i find all of this is happening um and i think alan runs super slow you only can sprint for a few seconds at a time uh the camera is a little tanky for what i think it, it feels like it should be a bit quicker but also Alan isn't a soldier or anything, so it kind of makes sense that you would stumble around. Yeah. Um it 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 just feels slow playing it, I think is my biggest critique. Um like it, you always feel a step or two slower than what I feel like should be happening for this style of game. Um yeah, I always feel like I'm being outflanked, outmaneuvered by enemies. Never have enough battery, never have enough bullets, um, which I, is kind of a good thing. It really instills that fear, and kind of that um, overwhelming oppressive atmosphere that is going for. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do, I find the narrative, like I said, compelling enough to where I do want to play more. Um, and I'm excited to see what comes... Forward from now, I need to fix the audio. I don't know if you had this problem. Okay. But, like, dialogue is so quiet. Yeah. And the, like, overworld atmosphere slash stalking sound is so loud. Yeah. um, And it feels like very poor audio mixing that I need to, like, just mess with in the settings.
0: Yeah. Um, Um, Which, I mean, doesn't... It's hard to... Tell I usually have audio issues with most media today. I mean, like, in part because like so when we had to replace our TV, we just got like one of the high sense 4K, like entry-level TVs, which is fine, but the audio is ass on it. Yeah. Um, and I have a Sonos soundbar. That is like wonderful, but does have like um, and I have I have stuff tuned in pretty well, but I usually have to mess with it a good bit, like especially with games and everything. I mean, the way that like media is designed today, usually if I go in, I have to even if the audio is great, usually I go into the settings just instinctually and I like, you know. Keep the dialogue at max, and I bump everything else down like
2: mm-hmm.
0: a tad just to <laughs> just to make sure it's there um so yeah i I think I did that with Alan Wake too, as well, where it was like it felt like it was over, like the it felt like the atmospheric stuff was was drowning out the voices mm-hmm. at different points um but yeah it's it, it's it's always a thing it feels like nowadays.
1: I, I don't know if I love the fact that Alan never rates everything. Uh-huh. Um, it goes back. And again, I, I I think it's purposeful. I'm like, dude, I think you're really like, I kinda think you're a shitty writer, man. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you're that good. Yeah. Um, And I mean, at, at times, like I think he, the writing does set the setting well, but some of like the dialogue that he is speaking slash writing, I'm like, Oh, this is really cringy. Um, And and it feels purposeful and intentional so far. Um, Yeah, I just don't know if I love that he's narrating everything. But I think that plays into, even though I don't like it, I am fascinated by this whole, like, you turn on the TV and this is playing, or you go and turn on a radio and I feel like, Whatever the radio is describing is something that's going to happen in, like, two hours. Mm-hmm. Or it's recounting the an event from, like, this past week that I had that you effectively miss as Alan. Yeah. Um, and then on top of him narrating, it's everyone's a, uh, what's the word? Um unreliable narrator effectively yeah, yeah. everything that you're seeing everything's coming across. you're getting four or five different stories all coming in at once um and i think that's what makes it so compelling is where you're just like i don't know what's going on i don't know what's happening i i, I find that very just like drawing for me yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it just feels a little outdated, which is a 13-year game. It's going to. Um, so I don't. I didn't have a high expectations for it there. That's just more of a me to anyone who's thinking about playing it. It's, you're going to feel a little bit of the age there. Um, but yeah, I think it's very neat to see what they're doing here. What I do know of Control as well, I mean, it matches the vibe, I think, where this is small town, lakeside, Uh Like, not. I don't want to say murder mystery because you don't know what's happened, but like you know, you're. It's something bad is clearly happening. You're really trying to figure it out. Compared to Control, is this organized, almost psychedelic sci-fi, like alien eldritch, like horror in the background. It's something has invaded this space. Something that you don't quite understand in a. World and realm you don't understand, and you're trying to effectively move through it um with mind bending powers um, they are tackling two different genres of like the same medium um, is it yeah I, I hadn't made the connection yet, even though I know. They are interconnected. Um, Alan Wake 2 apparently has control like references in it because Uh Spoiler Control has an Alan Wake reference in it. Um, I can see the through line of what I know of Control and how they handle. I forgot what, but like what I can't remember the like in. Like game canon word for it, but anomalies effectively.
2: Oh, yeah,
0: and the yeah, a- the like
1: paranormal, like anomaly or something.
0: Yeah, I think they might call it. I mean, in the in control, they call it like altered world events, is like, yes. The, um, but I can't remember, they may use anomalies, may come up, but I can't remember, but
1: whatever happened with Alan Wake feels like an altered world event if yep. um that's that's what I mean it's one of those things where it feels it's like one that slipped through the cl- cracks yep. um for them um and yeah I'm all this to say I've been playing this. I don't know if I will finish Alan Wake mm-hmm. um I really want to play Alan Wake too. the reviews for it are not for me honestly shockingly good but yep. also just like the praises through the roof on yeah. what they've done. It sounds like it is what they kind of wanted for Alan Wake 1, but were held back by the technology of the time and a little bit of being let off the leash, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I want to get to that. So I might play through another chapter, see where I'm at. If I'm still really digging it, I'll go into another one. But I might just watch like a full catch-up video. That way, I can yeah. jump in to two because again, two looks just insane. Yeah, um, and I really want to hear about that. Your perspective of it, because yeah. um, I know you've played a few hours of it. So Alan Wake one into Alan Wake two. What yeah. do you have for me, Chris?
0: Well, I I will say I would. I would be sure if you're not going to play, if you're not going to finish Alan Wake 1, I would be sure to watch some sort of like relatively thorough mm-hmm. kind of synopsis. Um, because I have one lined up, it's like
1: 30 something minutes. Yeah.
0: It, because I mean, that's, that is one of the biggest takeaways. Starting out from Alan Wake 2 is how much of a, like, I wouldn't say, I mean, it, it is a, so Alan Wake 2 starts, I mean, Alan Wake... Comes out thirteen years after Alan Wake One. The game is set thirteen years after Alan Wake One, so it is like it's very in keeping with the fact that it's like, um, and there's there are a lot of references. Like there starts at the beginning of the game, you know, Alan's narrating, and it's like this isn't you know, this isn't the way the story should have gone. This isn't the way it should have ended. Like, they're kind of like sub-meta narratives of being like, mm-hmm. because alan Wake 2 was originally supposed to come out a long time ago and it was a different yep. game and all of these. I mean like there's a lot of reference to the fact that like Alan Wake 2 is a very is a different game than it originally was supposed to be and maybe for the better. Um but it very much is in keeping with like it's not a it's not a separate game. It's a it is it is a game that is lifting off right where the other one kind of stopped in a way, but um, yeah, I am I'm a few hours in, so chap like Alan Wake one has like six chapters. they're like big, mm-hmm. beefy chapters. Alan Wake two, you know, I'm maybe three, four hours in. I've done two or three of the saga chapters. And I'm on like the second chapter of Alan Wake's initial Mm -hmm. chapter. So, I mean, they, they kind of move, they seem like they're kind of moving at a faster clip. They're kind of like giving you those breaks a little bit more regularly. Um, But for people who are kind of uninitiated, like Alan Wake two, you start out playing as an FBI agent named Saga Anderson, um, who's a character who's completely like, original to, I mean, what did not appear in Alan Wake has not appeared to my knowledge in any sort of other like remedy thing is just a, she's a new character. Um, but it immediately, you know, I mean, I, I won't spoiler quote spoilers, but it's not really like spoil since it, since like it's brought up and addressed within the first five minutes of Alan Wake 2. But like Saga Saga is headed out to Bright Falls to investigate um some to investigate a murder and her partner is Alex Casey. And it's this very like it's this very strange like if you've played Alan Wake You listen to them like, oh, yeah, Alex, like, tell, tell, like, they just kind of make, they don't make any sort of references. Like, oh, this is my partner, Alex Casey. And it's like, it sets the tone very immediately of, like, something feels off about (laughs) about this because, like, you know, you don't really know because, like, in the game, they're setting the narrative of, like, Oh, yeah, haha. Ha. You have the same name as this, like, fictional detective in Alan Wake's books. But also at the same time, like, Saga is also having her story narrated by Alan Wake in some regards, and so they're, like, right from the beginning, you're given this kind of sense of like, am I, am I in a story? Is this like, what, what is this? What is actually happening? And so it's a very, like, it is a very immediate, similar to how you were talking about Alan Wake 1, like you're in a very immediate sense of like, what exactly is happening here? Because like Mm -hmm. the beginning of the game is, is much more, um, it's straightforward in a way, because like you, you start the game as Saga and you go to Bright Falls, Cauldron Lake, um, one of the locations from the beginning of the game and you're investigating this murder. And so mm. you're you're kind of, you're going around, you're walking around and you're kind of investigating a lot of this and you're getting acclimated to what is effectively like Saga's quote unquote superpower in the game, which is that she's able to kind of like, she has almost like this super empathy where she's able to kind of like tune into the minds of these um victims or killers and kind of like deduce like kind of read okay. a lot of the subtext and really kind of deduce um hidden parts of their like their clues or testimonies or whatever. And so in this case like she's able to kind of like go through this evidence and really tune in and be like okay, like this this guy, like what what happened? What am I missing here? And she's able to kind of like Listen to that. So you're getting acquainted with, like, her inner, her inner th- mind palace, her way of kind of thinking, um, which, again, Corey, um, further evidence to the fact that you should uh, be, be versed somewhat in um, Alan Wake stuff is that the victim of the murder that you're investigating is a I I would say, like, secondary character from Alan Wake One. Um, okay. So is a character that like if you've played Alan Wake One, you're familiar, you're familiar with. Um, okay. Is a is a person, is a force that <laughs> that you kind of like interact Chuck? with. Chuck. It's not Chuck. Um, yeah. It's um it is somebody you probably haven't met yet at the point that you are in the story. Um, but it like It's, you're getting, and I think that that's one of the most interesting things, like, having played Alan Wake, having played Control, is just how immediately it's really kind of bringing those pieces in. It's making Mm -hmm. that, like, a part of the experience where it's like, okay, you, it's not just, oh, we are in Bright Falls, and haha, like, look at this, like, here's this location that you remember. No, it's like, you know, you go to the... You go to the oh Dear Diner, and there's Rose, the same same mm. waitress that you meet in uh, Alan Wake 1. Like, it's, there are all of these references to, like, stuff that's, that has either happened or just, like, characters that you would have met having gone through as Alan. Um, and Saga's story is very... Like I mean, she's dealing with the with similar stuff that like Alan did, where it's here the taken, here's dark stuff. But her story is much more like Alan Wake. One is very Stephen King, I mm. think, and a lot of its and it. And I mean, quotes
1: it, him out the gate, right?
0: Like, in oh. a lot of in a lot of its influences, like that's where it comes from. And I would say like Alan Wake Two takes. Not takes more influence. I mean, it seems very structured in a similar way, but like tonally seems more on par with like True Detective. And because it mm-hmm. does have like in a similar way to True Detective season one, where it, like there is an occult killing, there is this mm-hmm. kind of like um, just this dark, ominous, you know, over pang that's going on like that is a similar thing like it's just kind of there is a there is a darkness and kind of evil that feels like it's just present and there Mm -hmm. um and there's an there's an element of like groundedness but also an element of like unknowable horror um that is just kind of like always there. The flip side is that like you have Alan Allen's sections, um, which I haven't played a ton of yet. I've played a little bit, but Alan's sections are significantly more like cerebral in nature and more mm-hmm. akin to like control. Like not okay. necessarily in um not necessarily in combat or like the, you know, he's not flying around and doing telekinetic powers, but like control was very like kind of mind bendy and inception in a way where like the world's warping around you and stuff like it's, it's very much like that. And there's a lot of stuff in it that is very like, it's designed to kind of mess with you in a way, because I mean, spoiler, I, I, I don't think it's spoilers at this point seeing as how it's in the source material for Alan Wake. But Alan has been during this whole period trapped in like a, Um, sub-dimension called the dark place and it's just he's his mind has been trapped there all this time um and he's been trying to get out for these last 13 years um okay and so that's that's the experience that he's having is like he is in this he's not in a physical world he's in this place trying to escape and so it is a lot more mind-bending and stuff and um so it's it is a really and i think it's something that i'm very like i'm very excited to see how the game continues to progress because it does seem like it's taking taking cues from both sides like alan wake was this stephen king inspired like narratively but it was very grounded in the fact that it was just kind of like an action shooter with some like mm-hmm. with some blight uh, creative elements in it, but that's what it was. And then control on the other end was like much more kind of, you know, all over the place, like you're floating around, you're throwing stuff like you're, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very, um, and Alan Wake, right. I mean, Alan Wake too, kind of feels like you're getting a little bit of both of that, where you have Mm -hmm. this very grounded detective story that's happening parallel to this very, like in the mind, cerebral, story and you're getting you're watching these narratives kind of like converge because even saga like saga isn't like a she she's set up to be or at least the pieces are being laid that she's not just some random person like right um because like you know I mentioned rose from the dear diner um you know saga comes in though dear diner and is talking to somebody and rose is like saga it's been so long and mm. saga's like don't know who you are okay oh, <laughs> and, and there's this whole like you know so i mean there there are a lot of clues to the fact that it's like okay saga like there's some there's something to saga that we're going to that we're going to learn and also at the yeah. same time like is saga just a character that alan's writing like is is what what it? because like you know we mentioned we mentioned it whenever i talked about um controls alan wake dlc but like you know there were strong hints to the fact that like the entire events of control were just a story that alan was writing (laughs) to lead up to Mm. him escaping the dark place um and speaking of Corey, um alan wake 2 rife with control references um to the point like like, i don't really i don't i don't think it's a spoiler to say but like you know you meet somebody who's from the federal bureau of control pretty early on just some rando guy he's like oh okay hey from well you do meet you do meet a character who is a pretty pretty major character from control um i will say um, there is a character who is actively in the game that you do mean, um, but there it is also like a present thing where you're reading this thing. And it's like there are also like these little sub activities that are set up that are you'll find notes that are like they are experiments that were set up by the FBC to kind of right. like tap into right falls like inherent weirdness um mm-hmm. so i mean like they okay. they exist in this world whether or not like it ties into the so far there hasn't been much of anything that's like tied into the core narrative that's been like oh man the these these streams are crossing like they this is really getting into this whole thing like so far it just kind of seems like they are acknowledging the fact that like hey like the, the after mm-hmm. after the events of alan wake one uh, the federal bureau of control has now kind of like made as has made this place like they're aware of this place they're trying to have like a um they're having reason to be here and they're uh, but whether or not it like I, who knows does jesse show up in allanwake too i don't know um who so. who knows what the who knows what the whole like um kind of arc there is but it is a very um and also to, i mean like it's even across the board like um you know alex casey his uh his likeness um is sam lake who's one of the mm-hmm. like um kind of main creative forces behind uh most of remedy's games he was also the likeness of max Payne originally in the original max Payne games um so the fact that oh. like Alex Casey is a pseudo stand-in for Max Payne is kind of funny. Plus, mm-hmm. plus, plus, um, Alex Casey's voice is the same voice as the guy that played Max Payne in Max Payne 3. Okay, so, so they're not even hiding it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a lot of, there's a lot of just, there are a lot of interconnected things. There's a character um who... He works in Bright Falls. He is, to my knowledge, is not like is not a a character that has been there before. But he is an actor who played a character in their Remedies Quantum Break game. So, Jeez, that, okay. I mean, it's all like it's all there. Whether or not, yeah. Whether or not it all like interconnects, like they are very much setting, being like we are just. We're tying this stuff in. And so it feels like if you're somebody who's like, I've been, I've been in this remedy verse and I really want to, right. I want to see where this stuff goes. It really does feel like it's this kind of multiverse (laughs) and like stuff is coming together. And it is really interesting. Like, um, so I'm very excited. I mean like there've been there I I think there's some complaints about like some bugs and stuff and there's some other like complaints about like some some antiquatedness about like oh you come up to this door and then the the but the battery's gone. So then you gotta go find the battery. But then to use the battery, you gotta go get juice for the battery. And then it's like all this like, you know, the answer's right yeah. there, but then you gotta go chase down all this other stuff. You know, there's some of that people have not been super happy with. So depending on like where your headspace is, it can like you know, you it some things probably could rub you the wrong way. Um mm-hmm. which even like some of Saga's stuff, at least initially, like Her supernatural ability to deduce random shit out of nowhere is like, you know, is is a level of suspend like suspicion or suspension of disbelief that you kind of have to roll with a little bit. just Because it is like, you know, she's sitting there thinking to herself and she's like, you know, she gets into the mind of the killer and the killer's like, I stuck a. I stuck the bullet in my belly button. And she's like, I think I need to look in his belly button. And then everybody's like, what the, yeah. what, I'm what are you doing? Me. She's like, she's like, I just, I think I need to look in his belly button. That doesn't really happen. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of like, there are moments like that where it's like, okay, like, you know, I would have appreciated like a little bit clearer line from me mm-hmm. to me. but you know there is also i think there's also the pretext of like there's something about saga that you don't completely understand like her ability to be able to do this so you need to just kind of roll with it Mm -hmm. and we'll get you there um so all that being said really interested in things so far it is um it's it is uh unsettling like it's not at least right now it is not outright scary um okay. there is like th- there aren't I haven't come across any jump scares um the main the main stuff that's unsettling is just like the the tone and mm-hmm. some of the imagery like the fact that they're you know the fact that there are these like ritualists in the woods wearing deer masks who are cutting people's hearts out like that's not like. That, that's a that, Yeah, I, it's a wee bit. it's there, right? I it's mean and some of the like some of the like taken voice, like when Saga kind of taps into that and she's kind of hearing some of these thoughts from some, like they it can be a little bit like there but it's not it's really it's not as bad like it's not like what I was worried about whenever they first were like oh, Alan Wake is full-blown survival horror. Like it's it's not that scary, it's more just like it's the it's the tone, it's the atmosphere of things. it's feeling that like that weirdness and that dread um which I mean, on the other end, like Alan's side of things, like at least so far, that really has only applied at least for me on sagas' end because Alan's side, even though it is still like it's weird and you feel you feel vulnerable in a mm-hmm. way there's an element of, like, there is an element of, like, playfulness in it in a similar way that, like, Control had, where it was, like, Control's setting was kind of unsettling, but there would be plenty of stuff where it was, like, here's this, like, video of this quirky scientist doing this thing, yeah. or you'd find this, like, there was stuff like that where it was, like, there was this weird stuff that you would just be like, what in the hell am I wait yeah this this happened like just this like not not funny not this but it was like there was this tone diffusion almost where it was like
1: it would break you out of it like wait what
0: right it wasn't just like everything was not constantly pulling you down into dread world um so it's you know like i mean as an example like one of alan's first things he like appears on this this weird ass talk show and mm-hmm. he's like, and it's also a live action thing. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, it's one of these live action sequences and like Alan's weirded out and you're sitting there like, what is happening here? But it's like, you know, there's a band in the background and they're playing and stuff. and It's just all this, like, you know, it, it's, it's, it diffuses some of that tension, even though it right. is yeah. still there. Um, so it's uh like I'm very interested to see where it goes. I'm very interested in seeing those through lines and seeing what actually happens through everything. um yeah i I don't have a ton of like deeper like further on perspective since I am like three, four hours in, and mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to play a ton ton more. I'll talk about it in a little bit, especially since we're in spoopy season, just additional um media to talk about but yeah um my wife and i have been watching something that has kind of taken a little bit of time away from actually being able to okay to, okay. to play some some alan Wake too but yeah it's um really enjoying it really really excited to see where it goes
1: amazing i'm yeah i mean I've been sold by it already through multiple reviews and videos, and you just you just keep that train going, Chris.
0: Okay,
1: um, yeah, I'm. Everything that you said just lines up kind of with my expectations for it, and I'm excited to check it out, see what's going on there. So to play more Alan Wake one. Um, it's the True Detective vibe, really, really like seals it for me too i love the first season of true detective me and my wife we watched the first season we try to watch the second season and we've bounced off like halfway it's not super great um and i know that's a lot of people have all said season two isn't great but i watched season three and season four is coming and it's one of those shows where it's built as an anthology but it all is interconnected as well and i think those those styles of stories of like that, what Remedy is doing right now are very bold, um, but they—I think—they offer a lot of creative, like, influence and freedom to like go out, kind of like experiment with like different ideas, different genres, and see this amalgamation almost come like join together as like a beautiful and like captivating story. Yeah. And that's what Remedy's
2: doing. I'm pumped to see it. Um, yeah, Alan Wake.
0: Yeah. yeah me too. It's uh <clears throat> it is a spoopy game, but it is very I think um just the facts I mean, if nothing else, I don't think anybody going back to um Alan Wake one, I don't think anybody would be like, Yeah, in a year where we got um a banger zelda game we got a Mm. spider-man game we got all this other stuff that alan wake 2 would stand up there and be like yeah maybe a goatee contender who knew yeah um so i'm excited for it because you know we need more of that uh now my ask is that uh deus ex and adam jensen that they bring the fire next year, they bring it back around, mm-hmm. yeah. They bring it and they stand toe to toe with uh God of War three. That's what it that's, that's my, not coming next year. <laughs> that's that's my hope for it.
1: We love making outlandish claims and statements, Chris, but that's that's just not
0: happening. I don't know. Atreus side story, never, Who knows? okay.
1: A DLC, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: you never know. Yes,
1: I, um, you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad you brought up Goaty Contenders because I have yeah. another one for us. Oh. That is uh, Super Mario Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh, ooh,
2: ooh. laughs> um, wow. Wahoo!
1: Um I, well, I had mentioned to my wife his, oh, one of my friends, uh, he mentioned Super Mario Wonder is on sale at Costco. You know, you're going to Costco, you know, if you see it, <laughs> you know. And lobo, she comes back. It was on sale. It was like $10 off. Um, and me and her played it the other night, and it is a delight. It um, Super Mario Wonder is the latest installment of a 2D scrolling, side-scrolling Mario. We've talked about it last week and the week before. Um, I talked about my excitement for it, and it lives up to that excitement. It is... Talk about a juxtaposition of conversations we're having, Chris. We're, we are going from this, like, moody, oppressive, survival horror, like, really trying to, like, freak you out type of vibe into the most colorful, wonderful, joy-filled experience you can have. in Super Mario Wonder, it is wonderful. Love it. Um, I have played maybe, like, two hours of it. I've gotten through the first world, effectively, the starting world, where it kind of teaches you the mechanics of the game. It teaches you badges. um, It teaches you some of the new powers that he has, um, a.k.a. the elephant power, where you are just an absolute unit. Um, And I think this is, in terms of a, like, Mario release, um, I played Super Mario Galaxy, Whenever that originally came out in the Wii U, I never finished it. Probably played maybe a quarter of it. I know it's a massive game. Yeah. Um, But it also was really too young to, like, have a firm grasp of it, other than I thought it was really cool. Um, But this is, like, my first true Mario release. I mean, we talked about last year with Mario Rabbit's uh, Sparks of Hope. Um, And that is a true Mario release, but it's also, like, this RPG-styled game. And compared to this is a true Mario release. So this is my first one, really, that I've been yep. able to, like, come out, release, hang out, and play. I've never played Odyssey or any of those. Um, those. Uh, and, yeah, I'm loving it. I think it's, like, it captivates what great game design is. Like, it's clear this team just, they were told, do whatever the hell you <clears throat> want. yeah, And we're going to green light it. Because some of the wackiest things are happening, especially when you find uh, in every, every stage there's wonder seeds, but there's also a wonder flower. And when you activate the wonder flower in a stage for Mario, um, which is kind of a puzzle platformer, really more platformer than puzzle, but
2: there's some puzzles, um,
1: kind of. Um, Whenever you activate the wonderflower, it changes the entire landscape of the stage for you. Now like pipes are bending and warping and going up and down where they were still. Or you're down at the bottom and like the stage is like growing and shrinking and growing and shrinking as you're like riding up it. Or you're riding on the back of this roller coaster of bison across the across the map, trying to line up your jump to get to the wonder seed. Um, I think it's just like a joy-filled experience that's just fully intended for the player to have as much fun as they can. Um, kind of challenging, but also not super challenging at the same time. Um, it's similar to my experience with Crash Bandicoot games. It's one of those like games where like they have boss fights, and I don't think they need boss fights. Mm-hmm. Like these style of games, it's... <clears throat> Like I feel like the ball fight should just be like a stage where you're like because they do have like racing challenges where you're trying to like wow. work through like a stage quicker than like like this um, yellow bean like caterpillar thing. I, that's not a complaint. That's just
2: if I could make a complaint, that's there. Um, but where was I at? Yeah, it's just very fun.
1: I'm, I have a blast playing it. Um, I think it like ask you to have like fun in your own way it's designed to be very fun but it's like okay i'm gonna have the elephant power and i can get through this or i can be fire mario or um i can be um super big and so on and so forth and no they don't have like the giant like mushroom where you get really big that's um don't want to spoil it there is a, a whole thing there Um, but I think that's like, there's a bubble thing as well, where you get Uh to like, I haven't really figured out quite how to use the bubble power. It effectively gives you like an extra jump. It feels like, um, I'm sure there'll be more in like the next couple of stages where they really show it off. Um, but all around, I think it's just, I don't want to use a word. It's very just all inspiring to play. It's so fun and I love playing it. And it makes me smile compared to Alan Wake, which makes me cower on the couch.:
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I, I don't know if there's a ton to say in regards to a new Mario game. I don't think there's a ton I can add onto what is a effect of Titan for um, the gaming industry um, and gaming as a whole and people's experience and anything, but as someone who is new to it, I did play some of the original like. Super Mario All Stars, which has all the games on it, I played some of those levels, um, but didn't grow up on Mario. You know, didn't. This is like all new experience for me this year and last years with Mario. Um, But for someone coming in new, it's it's fun. I can see how games have developed from what they are doing and what they have done in the past and what games learn from them. I can see that just playing this and how they want to stylize. Their maps, uh, or I guess their levels, like how powers work, how you can, as an elephant, you can go to where there's a fountain and get water. Now you can throw water um, at enemies. And it's like, mechanics on mechanics working off of each other um and that's not even including the badges that you can pick up that change how you play where one now allows you to wall jump another one gives you like a parachute another one automatically at the beginning of each level brings you up to like normal size that way you're not working not that way you're not behind xyz you name it there they have all these things in there that just make it fun for you to play how you want to play and yep. i
0: appreciate that. <clears throat>
2: Yeah,
0: that's, it's, th- those are my thoughts. Um, yeah, um, unfortunately, I have not played Mario Wonder, um, so I yeah, I can't uh, I can't uh, speak to it. But I mean, that's the that's been the takeaway that I've heard from a or from some outlets is just that like it what is so interesting about wonder is that, I mean, it's a, it is a great side scrolling Mario game, which in and of itself is going to be like a hit, but mm-hmm. it is a, it's a weird game in the sense that like people like you, I mean, there, there are people who are like, this is their first kind of like Mario game or one of their first and are kind of like entering into this and in a sort of like place that some people would be very special. Like people who started on super Mario world are going to be like, everybody's played Mario. Well,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: plenty of people haven't played Mario. And like, you know, there's a, there is a sense about Mario wonder that it is this like shift in things where it is a, there is something just different about wonder. And in a lot of ways it's different in a lot of ways. They're like, whether it's the level shifts or Charles Martinet not being in it, or mm-hmm. like there being like these shorter, quippier, just kind of like levels that are kind of like coming at yeah, you pretty quick, It's like yeah, it's you know it's it's a different experience than what it used to be, and and I think it's something that like we'll continue to see over the next few years, like as Nintendo continues to evolve, where you'll see like games continue to their games continue to kind of take that on because it isn't just like it isn't oh we're playing a mario game that's just a revamp of a super mario world or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean they're really i mean it's something that i think about even still but like super mario odyssey like my my daughter loves playing super (laughs) mario odyssey And um, one of the things that she loves, I mean, she's three. She's not able to do, she's not able to play these like huge, complicated platforming sections or even like simple platforming sections. She doesn't necessarily have like the dexterity to go and, you know, pull some of these moves off. But she loves being able to just run around in New Mm Dawn City or Mushroom Kingdom and just kind of like, collect these coins and ride around on this thing and do some jumps and just have fun being in the space. And I remember, I can't remember if I heard it in an interview or if I read it like in Reggie fils book, but there was this notable thing that like Miyamoto was kind of opposed to Odyssey's like core conceits of it being like these big, just open Mm -hmm. worlds. It was like games... Games should be levels, like games, Mm. games shouldn't be structured this way. And it is a like, it's an old school concept that you feel starting to kind of like be eroded away where you see, like, especially over the Switch's life cycle, you're seeing these games like Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, like these games starting to kind of shed some of these older sensibilities and in some cases be better for it. Like whether or not you're whether or not you're on the side where you're like, I prefer the newer style or the older style. Like you very, like it is something where they're changing in these big, massive ways. And so it's going to be interesting, like as Nintendo continues to kind of go that direction and shed more of that, like what does, you know the next metroid prime game look like what does the next Mm -hmm. pokemon game look like like once you know once the switch 2 is out and uh uh, game freak and pokemon company can kind of maybe tap into some some bigger hardware like once they can kind of realize their big dream what does that look like what is you know it's going to be super interesting to kind of see what comes next um so i'm uh i'm excited either way i mean whether or not i prefer one thing or the other doesn't really at least not to me doesn't super matter because i'll have fun either way so no and it, it is a
1: blast to play my wife she did play with me um which was very fun and she normally doesn't play um any video games with me, she'll watch um, on occasion. Um, But I I put it in and it immediately asked one player or two player and I moved it to two and I looked at her and she was like, fine, sure. Um, And she said her words, um, that she she enjoyed it. She had a lot of fun. Um, She did get frustrated towards the end because our skill level Mine eventually started taking off as I was like, okay, I see what I see. What I'm picking up what's being put, put down in like my yep. just natural, not natural, my years of honing um, <laughs> of experience of gaming eventually kicked in. Um, and we didn't realize it until after we like wrapped up, but you can choose Yoshi or Nabbit, I believe. Yep. And they yep. don't take any damage, they can just yep. go through the level yep. as is, but they don't get power ups. Which we were both like, that sucks. Um, yeah. Because she loved being Princess Peach and turning into, yeah. um, her words, a muscle mommy elephant Princess Peach. Um, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, well, I want to do that. I don't, I don't want to be Yoshi or whatever that other thing is.
0: Well, so, to be fair, I mean, even if you were, if you were Yoshi and you could turn to, to an elephant, you still could not be muscle mommy elephant Peach so yeah if exactly. that's what you want to be you gotta you gotta be peach yeah exactly
1: so um but it was a lot of fun it, it's very fun and very forgiving playing as two people because if one person dies does it, you can always so the other person can just like resurrect them and you can just do that infinitely yep. which is what yep. we were doing um and yeah it's fun the music i think is really good um uh, some reviews i said they're like oh, i don't know if the music really hits i think the music's exceptional Yeah, i think it just really brings like the atmosphere together the color i am playing on the original switch i imagine on the oled it is gorgeous but it is still gorgeous on the regular switch um and i mean everything about it like you running across the map running across these like note bridges where these different notes are going off adding to the song and um, you can like remove parts of the song by like crushing a flower that's singing or things like that and okay. everything that's happening in it is also purposeful also intentional and and it's like catering you to have the best time yeah um yeah i really really dig it and i'm excited to talk more about it on our Cody episode but also just Uh-oh. in 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 the future yeah um yeah it's a blast i mean what else is there to say?
0: It's Mario. Mm-hmm. It can't be anything else. Um yeah. Corey. The only the only other thing I've been playing um right up into the lead up of Alan Wake too, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man um, 2. Um, you also have been playing at Spider-Man 2 and have mm-hmm. finished playing Spider-Man yes. Man 2. Um mm-hmm. I I Ended up, I was further along into it than you were. Yeah. Um, by the time I stopped, but I didn't quite make it to the end of the story before, um, Alan Wake dropped. But I am
1: close, You're very close.
0: Yeah. Things are, things are hidden, hidden high octane at this point and things are going. Um, so I am definitely getting there and you can kind of feel the, Thin roads starting to kind of meet, but um, yeah, Corey, as somebody who has finished Spider Man Two, how are you? How are you feeling about it? I feel
1: really good about it. I think it's, I think it's very, very, very good. I think Insomniac crushed it again. I think they're yep. one of the best studios out there. Um, I I think they have a system down on how to make great, great games. I don't know if it hits the highs as 2018's Spider-Man does. Yeah. I do think 2018's Spider-Man is one of the best Spider-Man stories I have like personally like experienced. Um and I think it's so like laser focused on Peter and his journey and the establishment of the Sinister Six, and there's just more time there. And I yeah. think not, <clears throat> it's not a bad thing in Spider-Man 2, but it's juggling a lot of different things. It's giving Peter his time in the sun. It, it's trying to give Miles his time in the sun. I think he gets put on the back burner for a lot of things. Then, then does very much get brought into the forefront in a, very, like, yeah. w- in a way that I was wanting. But you also have Mary, uh, MJ, and you have Harry, um, and you have other characters, Genki, uh, Rio, um, Haley, all of these other characters yep. that are all you're trying, it's you're juggling a massive amount of characters. You have Craven and his goons, um, there's a whole other, um, side setup that if you're not doing those missions, you're probably very confused by. But the whole like eternal flame. Um, like cult thing, which is <clears throat> which, either is going to be DLC or it's going to be into the third game. Yeah. Um. You know, it's a lot of things are all happening. So many plates are spinning, and none of them fall and break. They everything lands very nicely, but I think there's just a little too much happening in this one. I think some of the stuff that they did in this one, they really could have put in Miles Morales, um, which. Is also a great Spider-Man story. It's a great experience. It's very short, though. It's one of those things where it probably could have been beefed out a little bit more. When you look at 2018, Spider-Man is about a 20-hour main story. Miles Morales is like eight, if you're really stretching yeah. it. And Spider-Man 2 really feel It's only about maybe 15. Um, maybe, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and... It's some of those things where I'm like, you could have really stretched this out. Insomniac, I think, has really shortened up their games over the past decade, really. Um, I think probably the Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank, um, what is it, Into the Nexus or A Crack in Time was probably their most recent, like, long, like, 20 hour game, um, outside of. You had Spider Man twenty eighteen, which is like eighteen to twenty, and then everything else since then has been like six to twelve hours between Miles Morales Rift Apart and now Spider Man Two. Um,
0: yeah, so I mean Rift Apart was let's it's see. About twelve. Mm. Yeah, no, Rift Apart was longer than a Crack in Time,
1: according really? to how is it, long to beat. Is it into the Nexus? That's pretty long. No, one Into the, the
0: Nexus is very, so according to how long to be, main story for Rift Apart is 11 hours. Checks um, out. Kraken time is 10 and a half. Um, Into the Nexus is five and a half. Wow. Um Yeah, Into the Nexus was the, um, was the short one. Um yeah, but I mean, most of their ratchet and clanks. Cause I mean, you look at like the original one was 12 hours, going commandos 13, up your arsenal 11 and a half. Most of them Fine. were, were I, I, all I, on that.
1: I, re, I rescind my complaint. I guess yeah. Spider Man 2018 Spider Man is the anomaly then, sitting at around 20. Yeah. Um, but okay, fair enough. I stand yeah. corrected, Chris. Yeah. But, Y'all i don't think right and i think they're just jamming a lot into a a shorter game I and mean, they it's it's one of those things where it i talked about it last week the beginning i think is a little slow it's setting the table for a lot of things then around the beginning of act two of the game it just takes off yeah and it's one of those things where i love it and i wish it was again, I wish it was just stretched out a bit more where I felt like I could never leave the main quest I feel like I couldn't run around and do stuff in New York because the main story was so compelling so many things felt so urgent and so like yeah. necessary to do right away and it was like spider-man would never leave like this hanging out there kind of a thing yeah um and so I kind of found my way found my way beginning of act two, like barreling through the story just because it, feel, it feels like it calls for it. Um, but you're doing a couple of things on the side here and there, and it feels all just rushed. And I would say that's just kind of a, a small critique I have, it because I do think it's an incredible game, Chris. I think you're going to love the ending. I think the ending lands very well. It sets up for further more Spider-Man stories on... Um, and all around, a great game. An incredible game. Um I just don't know if it reaches the highs. 2018 does. But again, that game's just so laser-focused. Insomniac was handed a huge property to, and they knocked it out of the park. Um And so I, ju- I just think there's a lot happening into that bog it down. um Some in that real middle section and kind of beginning, but yeah
0: yeah it um And that that was i mean that's been kind of my consensus with it is like um gameplay wise so the the best exceptional yeah i mean it it is act it's on top of its game the best of the spider-man trilogy that's there Mm um and story-wise, I mean, it is a really great, effective story. There are, like, really strong beats and a lot of, like, really meaningful moments and a lot of, like, just really cool stuff happening. Um, and, like, Miles, like, his whole, he gets, he feels like um, he gets kind of the short end of the stick early on, but, like, he really kind of comes into his own later mm-hmm. on and, like, acts as a foil um, to a lot of the struggles that Peter's going through. Um, But, you know, for me, like I, I did, or at least at this point, like have come through it being like, yeah, I was hotter on the, I, I would probably say I was hotter on both Spider-Man 2018 and Miles Morales' stories Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than Spider-Man two. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact like, not really spoilers, but like, you know, Peter Parker has a, has an arc in Spider-Man 2 where he is in the, he's the black suit Spider-Man. And, you know, if you've, if you've seen it once. Anything, you've if, seen it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an arc that like you're familiar with somewhat and it is something that does kind of like to some extent kind of sour, maybe some of the other stuff going on. But also too, mm-hmm. I mean, does have an element of it it really kind of catapults you through parts of the game because yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Like there are parts of it where it's like, I really want to kind of see this through because things are feeling really urgent right now. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like, like canonically doesn't really feel like I can just kind of sit back on this. Mm-hmm. Like I do need to just kind of go. Um, So it's a, like it is a, really i mean phenomenal game um but yeah it i think naturally just because of the arc that they chose through all of this it's just one of the like potentially less compelling arcs i mean as as like ironic as it is given the fact that like this is probably one of spider-man's more iconic kind of Mm -hmm. like pieces of source material, it is something where it does feel like it's, it's a little less compelling of a thing to kind of like go through and, and want to really see pay out. Um, so I am like, you know, very hot on Spider-Man Two. but yeah, that's, that's been kind of my, where I've landed at the end is just being like, man, I love this game, but I really, I really don't, don't love what, Peter had to go through. Really, you know. Really wish yeah. Miles woulda would have been able to get a little bit more love and spots. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, wonderful game. Love it to death. No, I,
1: I, it, it will be on the Goatee discussion. I think. Um, and yeah, I think it. Yeah, that's just. I really enjoyed it. I, I just felt like I had to rush to the end. Um, but I'm going to platinum it. One, because uh, Insomniac makes it very easy to platinum. Um, yep. They're phenomenal at that. And two, now that I have wrapped the game, it does the thing where it's like, okay, now I can go and explore. And I feel the freedom. Oh, I can go. And I can't explore. And before we were recording, um, we like would pushed it back a little. I'm like, oh, I have a little time. I'll I'll keep playing around. And I did this beautiful side story um that picks up from the first game with howard and the guy who yep. did the pigeons um <clears throat> yep. and it was one of my favorite moments of the entire game i won't yep. spoil it for you. it shows it only shows yep. up after you beat beaten the game um
0: oh
1: uh, yeah no um maybe I'm, unless you've done it
0: well i've i've done a side story with howard um is it really so? It, yeah um, okay, never mind. So- it didn- it never showed up for me until after the okay. game. Okay, no, uh, I- I've done it. Um, so I was just thinking, is there another one? <laughs>
1: that uh, I'm not aware. Of. But <clears throat> I think that was one of my favorite moments of the entire game. One of my favorite yep. quest- missions. And um, and now that I have finished it, I think I just feel I a mean, true freedom to like, I can go be Spider-Man. I can go uh-huh. stop crimes. I can go knock out. Um this like hunter's base. Um so, so so on and so forth. I will say I think they've done a phenomenal job of like varying the side quest. I don't know if they're they don't feel as tedious either compared to the first game where okay I'm going through Manhattan. Um uh, Manhattan also felt much bigger in the first game. I think you can just get around it so much faster. Um yep. which but you had like so many different. You had like Wilson Fisk men. Um, you had like I think just like regular. You had um, the white sable um, uh, soldiers as well, like white sable. Yeah. And then there was someone else I can't remember. But you're like it's just goons. That's what you're fighting. You're just fighting goons. Yeah. Um, and this time around, it's really just the hunters, and you have like these um, flame cultists who show up every now and then, but aren't. They're their own, like, side objective. Um, and I, I appreciate the variety and the flavor that the game's, like, really, like, pushing with its side content. And I'm excited to wrap it up, finish, like, 100% the game. Because um, I did that for 2018s for Miles Morales. Um, and it feels just very straightforward and fun to do it here. Um, all around, I think it's an exceptional game, and they crushed it. Yeah. But doesn't mean it's not without a few critiques um yeah. there, but i'm excited to see what they do for the next one
0: yeah and also i mean excited about potential dlc i mean dlc in the first spider-man um was yeah. Pretty, three yeah they had three and they were also like pretty uh pretty like beefy. instrumental they were beefy and and had a lot of stuff that even into spider-man 2 carries over like you know, speaking earlier, like, with the um, whole cult of the Eternal Flame, like, be it, the character that you are interacting with the most during that, like, mm-hmm. her whole arc is as a result of events from the DLC um, yep. specifically. So, I mean, there's there's stuff there um, that's, like... Just thinking about that, like it, you know, they, they could come out with some DLC that's really, you know, big and and solid. But yeah. Um Corey, you got anything else? Not
1: this week. Um, I don't think so. No.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, yeah we're we're running a little long, but I did want to mention uh my wife and I have been watching uh, Midnight Mass. Oh, on Netflix, how um, is that? Mike Flanagan. So yeah. he's the um, he is kind of like streaming Stephen King. They yeah. call him. Um, he has multiple series. You might know him um, from Haunting at Hill House, Haunting mm-hmm. at Bly Manor. Um, most recently, The Fate of House Usher, um, mm-hmm. which is a Edgar Allan Poe like a adaptation. Of? The fall. What did I say? The fate. The fate, maybe, yeah. It's it's the fall of House Usher. Um, okay. um, yeah, it's a um, I which I really wanted to watch because so like you know we've mentioned it before. I'm not a huge, I I can't take like really horror stuff. I mm-hmm. knew like haunting at Hill House gets a lot of reputation for being pretty like scary. Um, but a couple of years ago, like my wife and I watched Blind Manor because it was like the reviews were like man it's not as scary as haunting at hill house and i was like that sounds great okay. um <laughs> and it like it it still was like it had its stuff but like um it wasn't unbearable and it was very like it was a very compelling thoughtful story and so like i wanted to watch another one and i remember midnight mass like got tons of hype whenever it came out um the fall of house usher i also wanted to watch because i love Poe work, but, um, I ultimately, whenever, we, whenever my wife was like, Hey, let's watch something spooky. I was like, you know, I really want to, I, I want to watch Midnight Mass. And it's like a, it's a seven episode, um, thing on Netflix and it takes place, um, in a very isolated New England, Town that's kind of like mm-hmm. on the brink of collapse. Um, just very like, people are demanding it, abandoning it in droves and it's just this very like, you know, there's this community but people people feel the effects. Like people are working very yeah. hard um, in industries where like, that are dying and it's this, this whole thing. Um, but they're a very like, religious community and this new kind of like, mysterious Catholic priest comes on through and you know, early on like, these weird things start happening and also at the same time like these miracles start happening. And okay. it's this like it's this dual narrative that has a lot of like um there's a lot of like religious subtext. Um it's also like, you know, I I grew up Catholic. Like there's there's an element there where it's like, you know, um there is something always kind of like comforting or interesting about like watching um, stuff that has like a strong Catholic Mm -hmm. element to it because there is something that does kind of remind me of oh yeah like haven't heard that hymn and years, or I haven't heard that prayer in, <laughs> in a long time, Um and so like, there's a, there's something really interesting there, and, and there's also like this competing thing where it's like, you know, the sheriff in town, um, he's Muslim, and, you know, how does he interact with this community mm-hmm. that's like very devout, devoutly, like, Christian, Um and, you know, the, one of the primary characters, he's coming back home after having been in jail for four years for um, killing a girl in a, he was a drunk driver and killed her in an accident and stuff. And so like kind of how the town is reacting to him being back and um, just all of these things. And it's a very like, it's a very interesting just kind of slow unfolding of events and like so far um we just started it but so far like it's really not it's not scary like I don't know if it gets scarier but it doesn't like feel scary it's just like that overwhelming sense of like you know there is something happening here something feels dark and ominous um but they're not like there haven't been like jump scares there haven't been these things that are just like terrifying um so as a like as a uh certified wimp boy um yeah. i can give it a stamp of approval being like it's not that bad you okay. know it's yeah it's uh, something that you can get. yet Yeah. yes <laughs> yeah it's um you know there is a there is a monster who's been feasting on kitty cats and That'll has has taken a couple of, couple of villagers. So who knows, Mm, who mm, knows what's going to happen. See, Um, it's
2: coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know what happens, but yeah, it's a, um, it's really, I, I like, and it's one of those things like similar with Stephen King and one of the tying all back to Alan Wake, like it's, there's something about that, like really that old Gothic horror sensibility where it's like, it's not the, they're using the horror as a vehicle. To tell like these very human mm-hmm. stories like that's the stuff that I'm very interested in and I think that that's what like Mike Flanagan through all of these things I, I think that that's why he's been such a hit is because he's like he's not just telling like this random slasher story he's telling these like old school horror tales that are like really digging down deep into the human condition if you will so yeah midnight mass. Check it out, uh fall of house Usher. I haven't watched it, but um, I saw reviews and people are people were super hot on it um yeah. Uh, yeah, Bly manor uh also good. I haven't watched his midnight Club or his haunting at hill House, um, but haunting at Hill House, especially super spoopy. I think Midnight Club has a lot of like jump scares and stuff, so you know, maybe. Maybe just do your research ahead of time, depending on what your threshold is. But um, yeah, join us so far.
1: If you want to watch something more warm and cozy and uplifting, watch Marvelous Miss Maisel. That's what we've been watching, and it's oh, a delight. Mar-
0: Did you just start Marvelous Miss Maisel? No,
1: no. We're about halfway through <laughs> season three
0: now. Okay. We- in Miami. Who oh, we, um, yeah. is season three the newest season?
1: No, so it's over now. They've done five seasons. Season
0: five is the final season. Season five is the final. I can't, maybe we've watched, I'm trying to remember where we stopped because we had watched all of what was available um, and then they came out with a new, maybe we've watched all through season three or four, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, But yeah, I know we at least have like a season or two left watch um but yeah marvelous miss mazel very uh very very good
1: it was episode um with lenny bruce in miami um where he's on the like late night show
0: okay i think i've seen that which
1: speaking of lenny bruce um real person uh Mm -hmm. worth looking up for anyone who's just curious in general about i would say someone who paved the way for stand-up comedy okay um and lived a very troubled life,
0: yeah. But uh, yeah.
1: a worthy read,
0: yeah. Um, Corey, uh, I think this has been an episode. Um, I, I we agree. we have talked about a lot of things, um, but a lot of great things. And I'm ex- agreed. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, continue to move forward as we enter into the holiday season. Ooh, um, yeah. and we get into just. Who knows what's coming next, Corey? uh holiday season is going to be my Baldur's gate era, I think yeah it so is. that'll be yeah, it is. <laughs> that'll be what I'm bringing to the table for a little while and I'm looking forward to seeing what seeing what direction that goes.
1: I think I'm just going to be wrapping up a lot of games over the year. And like, I want to check out Octopath. I want to revisit Octopath 2, wrap up Tears of the Kingdom, keep playing Super Mario Wonder. I want to revisit Humanity, the game that came out like Mm -hmm. February. Um, I remember I really enjoyed that. I want to see more of that. Uh, I'm also going to pick up um, more of my games I've been playing on my Steam Deck to uh, wrap up. I need to get back into Wind Waker. and uh, Pokemon Crystal. You know? Yeah. Costume Quest, too. Costume Quest. Well, I'm playing yeah. that tomorrow. That's already, <clears throat> I already have that time carved out.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and then for second Halloween. Second Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's called okay. uh, Black Friday.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah,
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note, Corey, um, it's time to leave. Yes. Um, can people can people find you anywhere on the internet if they want to find you? I mean, they can find me a lot of places
1: on the internet if they if they want to find me, but best place um, to see what's going on, to follow my trip to England, if, if you want. I'll be posting probably a lot while I'm over there. Uh, that is hash.slinging.thresh on Instagram, Corey Thrasher. Um, it's going to be a good time going to four four soccer matches or football matches um
2: as some might say
0: very cool oh, yeah. um yeah uh Corey, you, can you can't even, really can't find, find me you. anywhere I can find um, you on you LinkedIn can. I
1: just liked one of your posts yeah you did cuz you promotion. Um, I congrats yeah congrats. I,
0: I got a pro- oh, thank you thank you I got a got a promotion um so I am I am active on LinkedIn not really yeah. um it's kind I of just social media yeah, um, not really. I just for some, for some, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. On the regular stuff, if you can't really find me, you can email us at arcadecozy at gmail.com. Um, also, uh, Johnny Be Good 89. I don't Johnny think Be I've mentioned in the last couple of weeks, but yeah, he's Mm-mm. he's on Instagram, he does stuff. Um, if you want to follow somebody on Instagram, follow him, or you can follow Corey's favorites of football league, uh, Sheffield United. Um they will be he will be following he will be playing I'm going to see them in uh in you know, concert. Oh Manchester um multiple times. United. <laughs> I don't give a damn about Sheffield. Sorry, Sheffield United fans. <laughs> How dare you, Corey? Uh, <laughs> Follow um, Sheffield United at uh, Sheffield don't. United um, <laughs> and on Instagram. Um, I don't know that that's their, their tag. Um, I don't know anything about them, but...
1: Are you a Sheffield United fan now?
0: You shouldn't no, be. I'm I, telling you I that. Just, I mean, no. There, I there's, just <laughs> there's nothing
1: wrong with there's nothing wrong with pulling for them. There's truly nothing wrong with that.
0: Uh, no, I I just pulled up least popular. I can English say nothing about Premier <laughs> Leagues, and that was one of them. So, um,
1: it's awful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, you should be a
1: Sheffield Wednesday fan because that's just okay. a fun name. That's just yeah. a fun name.
0: Yeah, you play Wednesday on Saturday.
1: Mm, yeah, they do. Yeah.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. I think they're um, in the
1: championship or they might be in league one.
0: I don't know. Okay. Love it. Um the yeah. championship again.
1: Blackburn Rovers versus versus Preston North End.
0: Corey, we mm-hmm. don't have time for this. Okay. We, we, we ran out of time an hour ago. We don't have time for this. Keep keep this to yourself. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when you're going to see Sheffield United? On, uh, in a couple of weeks, um, but until then, if people want to, people stock up, get ready for Corey's photos. Um, he's going to share them. He's going to share them big. Mm-hmm. But until then, uh, this has been Arcade Cozy. I'm Sectic. Why should your hobbies your be, hobbies be
1: too. Ooh, 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 We are ooh. not Sheffield United fans.
0: Are we not? No.